This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. You know, it's been said that success comes to those who wait. Belief started in the fourth grade. I believe that it's earned with the right attitude. And I had this nagging feeling. A great belief system. I was capable of so much more. An action every single day. In all the pursuits that we have in our lives, I think there's an element of suffering. When you mix that in with faith, courage, discipline, and most importantly, a vision. Never give up on yourself. That's when greatness happens. The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland. Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, uh, co-founder and CEO of Visionary Wealth Advisors. Excited today, my man, Sean Stevenson. How you doing? Good, good. Nice to see you. Good. Nice to see you. So uh, I call him the world expert on sleep. I don't know if that's the proper way to say that or not, but that's what I'm going to say today, man. This guy's uh, the author of Sleep Smarter, the book. Uh, he's got a podcast called The Model Health Show. Uh, you can probably tell if you're watching this that you know he and I got a lot in common. We're both well, he's ripped. I'm not. Uh, he's the founder of Advanced uh, Integrative Health Alliance. Uh, he's been on Forbes, ESPN, Fox News, The Today Show, Men's Health, Women's Health, all sorts of stuff, man. So it's whew, been a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So tell us, maybe the people that don't know who Sean uh, Stevenson is, who is Sean Stevenson? What makes you the man you are today? Wow. So I like the world leader on sleep. I like that. <laughs> Uh, but for me, the sleep part was a kind of out of necessity. I'm a nutritionist by trade, and I actually went to school here in St. Louis, yeah. uh, UMSL, uh, University of Missouri, St. Louis. And to be honest, I was wildly miseducated. You know, it's just a kind of a traditional education, and we're not really taught about the smaller facets of health and wellness. You know, whenever the conversation about sleep comes up, it's more like just get eight hours of sleep. Right. You know, it's very cookie cutter. And just like today with diet, we know that a cookie-cutter approach simply doesn't work. It has to be catered to you and your unique needs and your yeah. unique lifestyle. And so that was the approach that I started to take for sleep with my patients who were coming in to see me on a daily basis. And it took about five years in practice before I started asking about sleep because we would see folks that, you know, they were able to get off their blood pressure medication, you know, lisinopril's and, and statins and metformin for diabetes and all this stuff working along with their physician. And but there was always this percentage of people that wouldn't get the results. You know, they were eating well, they were exercising, sometimes too much, mm-hmm. but their kind of kryptonite was their sleep. And once I figured out some clinically proven ways to help improve their sleep quality, everything changed. Yeah. And I just felt there was a big missing part, big missing conversation in the market. And I had to convince my publisher of that, you know, because being a nutritionist and somebody who had a big platform, they want me to, you know, put out a, another fitness right. book, another nutrition book. And I, you know, I really kind of put my foot down. And now this book has just become a movement. And I think it's translating like 20 countries now. Wow. And, um, 100,000 sold and, you know, just all this. But not just that, but it's the things that have come from it. You know, all the articles out there that other people yep. are writing and the, the course is being created, and so much of the content out there is just kind of pulling from that first domino from yeah. Sleep Smart. Well, and so. even your uh, your your show, Model Health Show. I mean, my yeah. gosh, the guests yeah. you've had and the, the the content you're putting out there and serving so many people, it's huge. So uh, it is crazy because it's like when you have that that good night of sleep, right, to, to like you, what you were saying is when I was researching you, I was just thinking, yeah, get, get your seven, eight hours of sleep, you're good. But, man, we're, we're going to talk today about there's different exercises, there's things you can do to have better sleep, yeah. right? So just because you have eight hours and I have eight hours 
you're probably getting better eight hours of sleep than I am, even though at the same time, right? Yeah. It, you know, it starts with the fun- fundamental question of what is sleep, right? It's just a very weird thing. Yeah. You know, like we just kind of do it and we don't think too much about it unless we have problems with it. Yeah. Then we start asking questions. Yep. And sleep, to really drill it down, what it is is it's basically how do we know we're asleep is that we can monitor this via just monitoring changes in your brain waves. That's literally what sleep is. It's a change in your brain waves. <laughs> so you're moving from right now, we're kind of in a normal waking state of uh, beta, right? The beta waves. And we can get into some gamma as well. But then as we transition into sleep, but it, some of these things can be experienced consciously, like going from beta into alpha. That's when you're in the zone. Like you're very, it's like a calm focus. And then you transition from there to theta, and then to delta, which is, that's when we know you're in deep anabolic sleep. Okay. And so what we really are targeting is not eight hours of sleep. It's getting a sufficient amount of time in each of those stages of sleep, which to drill it down, you know, which experts you talk to, there's four stages, two of those, the main ones being REM sleep and non-REM sleep. And so what is REM sleep? REM sleep is rapid eye movement sleep. And this is when you're doing a lot of your dreaming, but... This is also a time when you have critical processes like something called memory processing takes place. This is where folks right now, what you're learning, what you're hearing gets converted to your short term memory (laughs) is during that phase of sleep. So it becomes kind of consolidated and filed away and becomes a little bit more permanent. So if you're lacking in REM sleep and literally there are things that you can do that mess up your REM sleep and you don't remember what happened. So, for example, alcohol, drinking alcohol before bed or drinking a lot of alcohol. I know maybe this hasn't happened to you or right. anybody out there, but somebody you might not remember what happened. <laughs> right, you exactly. know, what did I do? Did I say right, that? Right. You know, it's because your REM sleep, something gets created called a REM rebound effect. Okay. And your REM sleep is damaged. And that's what really the whole concept of what we call a hangover is just a result of your REM sleep being damaged. Huh. And so, and then, so that's REM sleep. Then non-REM sleep is that deep anabolic sleep. That's where you produce a lot of your human growth hormone, which is also known as a youth hormone. Kids have a ton of it is why they have so much energy. Right. And my argument is that it's not because uh, you get a certain age and you stop producing HGH. It's because when we get a certain age, we stop sleeping well and we stop abiding by because for me, my kids have a sleep routine. Right. You know, but when you get older, it's kind of like, I guess I should get to bed, you know, especially when we go to college and just like all rules are off. All rules are off. That's right. And then we tend to just carry those habits into later in life. Yeah. Well, I think it's hard too. I mean, you know, I've got four kids. I was just in a, in our, I run an executive forum every month and, uh, with a bunch of great guys and, and we were just talking about our memories the other day and, you know, how I think as we get older and as we have more stuff going on in life and kids stuff going on in life, you know, I get up every day, take kids to school, work all day long, go home, run to basketball games. I'm preaching the choir, right? You're doing the same stuff. But it's like then when I finally get some what I call that Brett time where my wife and I can relax and all the kids are finally in bed, I don't necessarily want to go to bed right now. Yeah, exactly. Right? But I know I've got to do it. So I'm getting about – I go to bed probably around 11, and get up around 6 or 6.30. So walk me through and all of our listeners through what process do I need to be doing to get better sleep. All right. So – What we really want to look at here is, again, just relatively simple once we have that base understanding that we need to spend sufficient time in those different stages. That's what it's really about. Because I think a good analogy today is that now the conversation has shifted from calorie control with food to the quality of those calories. We know that that's very different. Yes, you can lose weight eating, you know, 
500 calories of cookies, right? you know, if you cut calories, but what is it going to do to your insulin? What is it going to do to your uh, cortisol? What is it going to, it's going to have a different impact on you, yeah. right? So 500 calories of cookies is going to impact you very differently than 500 calories of like salmon and broccoli, right? all right? And the same thing with our sleep minutes. These minutes are not created equal. There's a big difference between being unconscious and actually spending time in those high quality stages of sleep. And so we want to do things in our life to support these stages. Now, what does that look like? Just to kind of throw one out there, super low-hanging fruit. Uh, there was a study done at Appalachian State University, and they wanted to find out, does the timing of your exercise impact your sleep quality? Hmm. And so they had exercisers to train at three exclusive times throughout the study to track their sleep. The first phase, they had them train exclusively at 7 a.m., and they tracked all their metrics. Then they had them train exclusively at 1 p.m. in the afternoon. And then they had them train exclusively at 7 p.m. in the evening. They compiled all the data, and they found that when you exercise in the morning, you tend to sleep longer. You spend more time in the deepest, most anabolic stage of sleep, so you're producing more human growth hormone. And you have more efficient sleep cycles. So you're going through those stages more efficiently, which is going to make you better recovered. Yeah. And a lot of folks already, you know, it's kind of the time that they do exercise already, but just because you do this one thing right, you could be screwing everything else up, you know, with your routines yeah, later. Yeah. But this could be something for a lot of people that aren't taking advantage of this. So I did a study myself and made myself the human guinea pig for a year before the book came out because I've been a morning exerciser forever. Wow. And so I started training in the afternoon, but I just worked out for like five minutes in the morning just to get that benefit. And <laughs> all of my numbers still improved. My body fat percentage, testosterone, reaction time, everything got better, and I was still sleeping the same quality. So what I'm trying to say is, even if you're working out after work, get five minutes in in the morning, because what that does you're is- Stretching, some push-ups, whatever yeah, it may some be. some body weight stuff, yep. you know, go for a quick power walk, do some yoga, whatever, just do some jumping jacks. You're, quote, getting your blood pump pumping. Yeah. That's what we, you know, can kind of sure. consciously think, but what you're really doing is, it's something we call clinically a cortisol reset. And so a big issue for people is they would come into our office and we would call them tired and wired because in the mornings they would have a very difficult time getting out of bed because their cortisol is too low. And cortisol is a stress hormone a lot of people know about today, nope. but it's not a bad guy. It's just when it's produced at the wrong time, it can be a problem. So it's too low in the morning, which it should be at its peak. That's, that's how we evolve. That's when we get up and get going and, you know, gather and hunt and all that right. stuff. And so... But then in the evening, the cortisol will be too high. And this is where you have that phenomenon, like you're driving home, you're yawning, like, I'm going to get to bed early tonight. Right. Then 10 o'clock rolls around, <laughs> it doesn't 11 o'clock, and you're just like, I'm up, you right. know, scrolling, you know, That's through me. YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's just like, and this is my quality time for right. myself just yeah. to kind of, unquote, unwind. And so that cortisol rhythm is really screwing people up. So, so how by, do you fix that? By doing the exercise in the morning, you get that spike. You get cortisol back on its normal track. Because once it peaks, it's going to want to come back down in the evening. So that'll make you more inclined to want to go to sleep in the evening. So even if it's just five minutes, I mean, you don't have yeah. to do the 20, 30, 40 minutes. No, no So five all. minutes of that, That's I it. can stick with my normal routine right now. I'm doing the Peloton and then a workout like around 4 o'clock usually. Yeah, yeah. So as long now as I get my morning. Yes, and here's the thing that's also interesting is being mindful to not work out too late, though. Right. You know, if you plan on getting to bed at just, say, 10 o'clock— and you're wrapping up at the gym at 8 o'clock, you're going to have some problems. Right. And I've seen this, like, people 
I mean, for years, man. I'm talking about even top athletes. Well, yeah. You know, like MMA champion is just like, hey, um, you know what? I I can't really seem to get to sleep at night. Yeah. And he's finishing his, um, you know, third workout of the day. At- you know, yeah. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's done working out at like eight thirty, and he's trying to get to bed at ten thirty. Yeah. You know, with his you know jujitsu class right. or whatever. And so it's just those small things because what that does is your core body temperature is going to be too high. And here's another tip too, as far as helping that sleep cycle. There's something called thermal regulation, and this means that the bot, the human body, is always changing its temperature. And I was taught in school it's 98.6 degrees, like that's, right. but that's not true. Like your body temperature changes, fluctuates all day. That's kind of an average. Yep. There's a natural, normal drop in your body temperature at night for everybody, except folks who have chronic insomnia. They tend to run hotter at night. Your body temperature comes down because that turns on processes for sleep-related. Um, you know, optimizing your sleep cycle. And so what the research indicates is that one of the big ways to improve your sleep is to cool off your environment, to support your body in that thermal regulation. And experts agree it's somewhere between 62 and 68 degrees is ideal for sleep. And so there was a study, and I, you know, cited several studies in Sleep Smarter, but one of them was done on insomniacs. They found that they didn't tend to run hotter. And they put them, fitted them with these cooling caps that ran cold water over their head. They dropped their temperature just one degree. And that effectively eliminated all their symptoms of insomnia. They fell asleep wow. just as fast as folks who didn't have insomnia. They, tent, they slept almost as long, and they woke up less frequently, just like as if they didn't have insomnia, simply by cooling them off. Huh. So these, these simple things that, you know, we know what it's like. Also, everybody's had the experience of sleeping when it's too hot. Right. You know, it just doesn't, it's not it good. sucks. You so know? what do you put your, your deal, your thermostat on at night? Well, you got to keep in mind your significant other, too. You <laughs> know, right. my wife is actually from Kenya. Okay. So she doesn't play with the cold. She's not much. having that. But yeah. we tested it, and she does sleep better when it's cooler. But her big thing is getting out of bed when it's cool in the morning. She like So it. our hack is, so we 68, we do 68 right. right at that outer limit. When I travel and I'm by myself, I'll 65 or, you yeah. know. But, um, but I get up before her I just get out of bed first and go turn the thermostat up got it you know and it's such a gift that we have right today in our lives if people listen to this you have this ability to control your environment you can do it from your iPhone before you even get out of bed there you go and so many people today you know we're we have these creature comforts and we don't understand that you know through our evolution it naturally no matter what environment you live in whether you live in Nebraska whether you live in Chile, right. the, the temperature comes down in the evening at least a little bit. Yeah. That's something that we need to be mindful of because it helps us sleep better. Okay, so then you put it back up to say whatever, 70, 72 during yeah. the day. Exactly. And then, uh, awesome. Well, we're here with Sean Stevenson on uh, KTRS. We're excited uh, to have him today. Uh, again, I call him the world sleep uh, expert, and uh, we're going to learn a lot more when we come back with Sean Stevenson. Welcome back to the Circuit of Success. I am your host, Brett Gilliland, and today we're in the studio with Sean Stevenson. Uh, he is the author of Sleep Smarter and has a podcast called the, uh, the Model Health Show, iTunes, all the other places you can find it. Great show. He's got great guests. We're talking about sleep. And, uh, you know, I, I read that your mission is to help us, so help people become the healthiest, strongest, happiest version of ourselves. How are you doing that? All this stuff, you're doing it, obviously, but... Talk to us and talk to our listeners about the things that really maybe even go through a day. You're like, and I know your life's gonna be completely different than say a guy like me. But what what should we be doing from morning until bedtime, if that's an okay question? Yeah, yeah, that's a big picture question. Yeah, but they're just the basics. You know, it's so funny how 
you know, for years I'd have people coming into my clinic who were asking, you know, what do I do for this? What do I take right. for this? And always looking at a way to try to treat a symptom instead of doing the basic things that our genes are literally expecting us to do just to feel good. You know, so one of those simple things, and I've been doing this for 15 years every single day, the first thing that I do when I wake up in the morning, you know, after, of course, go use the bathroom, then I drink, uh, I drink water. I drink about 20 to 30 ounces of clean water. Right. And it's one of those things, and here's t there's two reasons why I do this. Number one, while you're sleeping, this is the time when, number, when you wake up in the morning, you're dehydrated, period. And you can even see that, you know, your urine's more concentrated. Right. But your body is doing a tremendous amount of processes while you're sleeping to bring you back better. There's a lot of metabolic waste and residue that's left over, you know, from repairing your liver to even, you know, repairing muscle. Right. Uh, your brain and your glymphatic system is flushing out metabolic waste. And one of the things we're seeing with Alzheimer's, for example, is an inability of the brain to detoxify itself. Because when you're sleeping, this cleaning system in your brain is 10 times more active. Your brain is mostly water. Hmm. It's mostly water. Right. And so your brain actually, a lot of people know this is going to sound bad at first, but it shrinks when you're sleeping. And it, that's a great thing because it swells up during the day because of all the, it's doing millions of processes right. and there's a lot of waste. So when we sleep, all of these processes are taking place to make us better. But if we're not flushing this stuff out, supporting your body, a lot of this stuff gets recirculated and reabsorbed. So get up, drink water, help your body flush the crap out. Yep. That's number one. Number two there's something called water-induced thermogenesis. And what that is is, and there's several studies that have found this out, which is crazy that people don't know this, right. but what they found is that drinking 15 ounces of water is what they use in the study, can effectively boost your metabolism to the degree that you'll burn about 30 calories additional just from drinking, just from water. drinking water. And you'll get an increase in your metabolism for the next hour, two hours, three hours later, simply by drinking a nice... 15 ounce, yeah. you know, glass or bottle of water. And so that's one thing I do when I get up in the morning. I set my metabolism on track for success, help my body to, you know, clean out this waste. And that's how I start my day. I like it. I have a, a goal every time I'm in an hour meeting, which I have a lot of those throughout the days. So kind of like your water bottle over there. My goal is to drink one of those every single hour. So, you know, you find yourself going to the bathroom a lot, but but it's obviously worth it. So, all right, so we start in the morning there now, you, and then you do your workout in the mornings. I know you already worked out today. Yeah. Uh, so getting our exercise in, talk to us about eating, right? That's obviously critically important for our success as well, for our brain, for our sleep. How do we uh, not engage in the, mm -hmm. uh, you know, huh, I just feel like a hamburger and fries today, yeah. right? So I got to tell you, I'm not the anti you know, enjoyment guy. All right, you know? I like that. Like, we're going to so get, I'm not going to the extreme. I'm <laughs> we're getting burgers and fries yeah. tomorrow. Right, right? exactly. Um, but for me, you know, it's just looking at what are these simple things that we're missing. So when folks will come in that are dealing with migraines, that are dealing with um, issues even with their spine, you know, that's something that I was yeah. struggling with when yeah. I was 20 years old. It got me into this field was this um, degenerative disc disease, which is supposed to, supposedly was incurable, but now we know other than that. And, you know, I, my, my doctor at the time when I was 20 told me that I had the spine of an 80 year old man and, you know, my bone density was so low. And one of the things that really helps to, um, create the disc itself is water, but your disc or it's, it's something that's called non-vascular. So water doesn't get there directly and not to get too, you know, fancy, but it's a, it's a process called remote diffusion. And so basically 
you have to have every tissue in your body has to be well hydrated. Then your spine gets it, hmm. right? So it's the last to get it in the whole it's body. It's basically the last place to get it, the disc, the intervertebral disc. And this is why a lot of people actually, you know, you could start the day at, you know, your fi- just say you're five foot ten. Right. By the end of the day, you could be five, nine and a half huh. just because of gravity. Like, we don't really think about this. Like, if we throw something up in the air, it's going to fall. Right. Gravity is constantly pushing on us and especially com- compressing those discs. And that hydration is super important. So just by doing that one thing, like people coming in, I want to have more energy. What's your water intake look right. like? You know, I really need to work on that. Then don't talk to me about anything else. Like, let's do that and one there's thing. There's no magic bullet, right? No. Right. But if you're not doing the basic things your genes are expecting, we don't need to talk about level three, seven, you know, and what supplement to take and all right. this stuff. So drink water. If you're not doing that, we don't need to talk about anything else if you don't have energy. How's your sleep? If we don't do that, we don't need to talk about what supplement to take. Right. So there's that piece. And, of course, food is something that, you know, we interact with on a daily basis. It's part of our, it's part of our culture. It's an enjoyment as well. Food tastes good so that we eat it, right? you know, and I, and I really am very much in the camp of, we have to create a lot more enjoyment with our diet and our nutrition to get people to do the, the, yeah. the quote, right thing. Suffering should not equal health. It, well, matter of fact, it doesn't even make any sense right. Right. if you say You're the right. two things together. Because, But that's what a lot of us do. We try to suffer through it so that we can have this health that we think that we want. Yeah. You know. And so for me, it's a very simple principle is to eat real food. And the beautiful part about it is that we're talking about tens of thousands of different foods and flavor sensations and just a lot of great enjoyment that we have access to. That heretofore we didn't really know because right. in our culture, I know I, I grew up in the 80s. And so this was like the boom of processed food. Right. I remember when Pop-Tarts came out. Like I was blown away <laughs> that I get to eat this right. in the morning. In like a minute and a half. Yeah. Right. yeah. Like, <laughs> and you know, toasted or not. It's right. just like, yes. Like I got my, my breakfast is in this compact little, yep. you know. And then we were marketed to that, you know, it's fortified with vitamins and minerals and this whole thing. And, you know, the TV dinners, like. Man, I mean, we went hard with TV dinners, yeah. like for real. Salisbury steak. I didn't even know what <laughs> the like other steak was. Steak, right? Right. right? Like it's just this mushy steak or whatever. Right. And you know, so that was my reality. That was our reality growing up. And we just got away from real food. You know, just bait, real food that you can recognize where it came from. So what's the, what's real food food look like? If it if it has a label on it, chances are it's not real food. All right, it just diminishes the chances of it. Not yep. saying that there aren't packaged foods that aren't real food, but, you know, we're talking about produce, yeah. you know, vegetables and fruits and nuts and seeds. If you think about just if somebody from an indigenous culture was to come to your house, this is a good example, yeah. and they would go through your, your pantry and your refrigerator, would they be able to recognize it, right? So, you know, we'll just say an indigenous tribe member looks through, you know, your refrigerator and they see, you know, the vegetables and the fruits and they see the meat and they're like, oh, yes, we we gather these things. We hunt. And then they see your pantry and they see the nuts and seeds. They're like, yeah, we gather these nuts and seeds. They see the big bag of Doritos. Then they're like, what the hell is that? (laughs) Right. Or, you know, the even bread. Right. Like what? What? It's true. Because it doesn't resemble the wheat anymore. It doesn't resemble the grain. Not to say that you can't do those things. But we're getting a little bit further away from the original food itself. Right. And so that's what I do. I really predominantly have 
um, you know, 90, we'll say around 90% of my diet is just like real food. I can recognize where it comes from. And you can take those ingredients and make some of the most amazing foods, you know, and really enjoy the process of being well. Yeah. Somebody told me one time, if you just went to the grocery store and shopped on the exterior walls. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's one of those strategies mentally. But we got to be honest. That's that those centered aisles, though, they're very attractive. They are very you attractive. Know? Like, it's just, it's very difficult, you right. know. So you got to even ask the question, like, what, for me, I always want people to ask, like, what, what is my goal when, when you go shopping? Right. That's true. You know, like, what am I eating for? What is the purpose? And also, we got to find pleasurable ways to go about that. You can't just say, you know, I'm doing this diet, so I'm about to get all this salad. I'm going to shop the perimeter and get a bunch of vegetables, right. and I hate vegetables. Like, we got to figure out a way that you can enjoy the process. Yep. So what's uh, so let's talk about kid lunches real quick. So uh, you have kids in school, right? So yep. what are they? Are they eating the school lunch, or are they mm. uh, mom and dad packing them some lunch, and it's a healthy, nice, you know, get the day started right type of lunch? So I've got a great example of, of this. Like, I really can't wait great to hear example. it because with my four kids, man, I worry so about that stuff. I've got a son who's a senior in high school right now yep. at Lafayette. And he's 18 years old. And I have another son who's seven, right? And he is in first grade. And so and I've gotten to see the long-term effects of living the way that we live right. with my older son. And so— Because he, he was healthy and did all that stuff when he was seven and stuff is what you're saying, right? Yeah, when yeah. he was younger. Not, yeah. I mean, it was, it was some years into his being around when I kind of woke up and started right. changing things. So he had his practices yep. that he was used to, like, you know, I used to take him to McDonald's or whatever, right. you know. And so it took time. And also, you got to understand this, too, that your kids are going to be around stuff and not to be neurotic about sure. it, you know, um, because that can be one of the things that happens once you become aware of how messed up these things can be. And I was just sharing, I just did a show yesterday, and uh, we were looking at... Uh, an ingredient that's in a lot of different processed foods, monosodium glutamate. And and I was sharing studies that was published in the journal Obesity, directly correlating with um, people carrying around more body fat and with neurological issues and behavioral issues for kids. There was a study in the journal Pediatrics that had families to take out, you know, artificial ingredients, including specifically MSG and... Uh, one other ingredient as well. But they found immediately the kids started sleeping better and they had less behavioral issues by pulling wow. out those two ingredients. And so with that said, when you find this stuff out, you still don't want to be neurotic because the kids are going to go to birthday parties and all yep. that stuff. And so for my older son, you know, I just kind of, you know, whatever, when he's out, that's that's fine. But what he discovered was because he ate well with us, but when he would go to a friend's house or he would go do this thing, he wouldn't feel as good. Yep. And he would see he was more tired and he would see that. And we would just I would just subtly help him make the connection like, oh, you know, he's complaining about whatever. I'm like, you know, what did you eat today? You know, right. and but I wasn't like, what the hell did you eat? today? Right. You know, I wasn't like that, right. you know, badgering the witness. And he started to see that he felt better. He performed better. And you got to find that leverage point with the teenager, yep. which is like for him, he wanted to, you know, perform when his sport, yep. you know. And so every day this kid packs his lunch. He's like grilling chicken and like, you know, putting his rice in the rice maker, making his wow. vegetables and all this stuff. I never once told him to do it. Never once. That's and a big deal. every morning he's getting But you up, showed him though too. Yeah, he did see me right. do it. You right. know, he, he gets up and he has this green drink, which is, you know, this um, uh, whole food kind of concentrate. Yeah. Every morning, like he literally, yesterday was Valentine's Day when this was getting recorded, and he was trying to go and take his girlfriend uh, breakfast, 
in the morning, which I gave him the idea as well. <laughs> you know, because he was yes. like, what do I do, Dad? Uh, I forgot. And so, um, but he, he literally, he walked out the door and then he, because he left the hour early to go and be able to do yeah. it. And then he came, he ran back in the house. He's like, I almost forgot my green juice. And so he went in and, you know, had his green juice because he knew he was about to eat some pancakes. Blender and all you know that kind of stuff. Is that what So this thinking? was just a simple, like, mix okay. of water yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. But he does do that, too. Yeah. And so he got that. But for my younger son, same thing, you know, nine times out of ten, he does take his lunch. Yeah. And what we'll generally have is just we'll give him leftovers from dinner the night right. before, yeah. you know. And the teachers, I swear, I come into the school and they're like, you know, Braden, we admire him so much. He has these <laughs> such nice lunches right, and all this exactly. stuff. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's cool. That's, that's our that's lifestyle. How we eat, right? Yeah, and so yeah. they actually they invited me in to speak to their teachers. And, oh, that's cool. You know, and so I did actually agree to it because I don't usually do that kind of stuff yeah. now. You know, I travel and do all this yeah. stuff. But when I left and I just saw, I think it was two days ago. It was like well, kind of a blur, but it was this week. And the teacher, one of the teachers came up to me and she was like, you know, after you left, we started a strength training program with our teachers. And somebody comes in and we all do this every Wednesday. And they're like, they just, they changed a lot yeah. of the different things they're doing just based on me coming. It just was really fulfilling. Well, I love the fact that what you focus on are things that are very easy to execute, right? I mean, obviously you do a lot of things that aren't easy. And I shouldn't even say they're easy because they're not easy. So some of the times the most basic things are not easy. But yeah. so you got water, the food sources we eat the right amount of sleep. I mean, these are all things. Everybody listen to this right now. We can control this literally starting today, yeah. right? So yeah. so talk to us now. What's, what's a typical day? I know there's no typical day, but when Sean Stevenson wakes up now, you're, you're traveling the world, man. You're working with all sorts of great people. What are you enjoying the most about what you're doing? Oh, my goodness gracious. I, you know, I can't say that I didn't know that this would happen. You know, I really just kind of had a vision of having this impact, and so I'm really comfortable in it. And... If I could share this with everybody, because I know a lot of entrepreneurs are listening, people just wanted to, to, you know, build a business and be successful. But for me, I really felt that if the things that are happening now happened five years ago, I wouldn't have been ready. Hmm. You know, it, I, I, th I feel I would have messed some things up because yep. I just wasn't able to receive all the stuff that was coming my way. You know, and it's a lot. It's so a what's lot, an man. example? Like what's coming your way right now that five years ago, oh, no way you've been ready for it? Uh, you know, this year alone, you know, I'm speaking at some of the biggest events going, you know, for entrepreneurs and business yeah. builders. You know, I'm speaking at an event um, in Portugal and London, Jamaica in two weeks. And um, like with literally the top speaker in the world, Eric Thomas, oh, is, yeah. um, uh, is the event in Jamaica. And they invited me. You know, they invited me out and I admired him. Right. You know, and it's just like it's kind of surreal. Isn't it, it is. It is, man. It is very surreal. But I know who I am and I know my value that I'm yep. bringing to the table. And they said that they felt like they signed KD, you know, uh, <laughs> Kevin Durant to the because they have this incredible team. You right. know, and it's just like you focus on you and building your brand and building your your impact and your influence. Just focus on that, you know, so that the right people will be attracted to yep. what you're doing, you know, instead of. A lot of people spend a lot of time, tr quote, trying to network and, right. like, all this outreach. Just help people, you know, get good at doing what you're doing, and the rest of that will follow. So yeah. um, I'm really just enjoying the the connections because I very much had what I refer to as lone wolf syndrome, you know, where I got too much in just focusing on me and doing it myself, which I think there's some benefit to it, but also it can limit you because yeah. I can't make the impact I want to make by myself right. in, in all honesty. And I really do want to change culture in a positive way just to get people feeling good. Yeah. Because I know that a lot of people don't do well because they don't feel well. This is Brett Gilliland with Circuit of Success. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back to the Circuit of Success. I'm Brett Gilliland, your host. Let's dive back into this week's guest. How do we uh, how do we calm our minds? I read uh, you're a meditator. I'm a meditator, um, so I think that's probably going to be the answer. But how do for our listeners? How do we calm our minds? Slow down so we can speed up. I love that. Slow down so you can speed up. That's exactly what it is. You know, um, you know, this is a kind of inner technology that's been around for thousands of years, you know, and different. Um, I, I think the best reference is the different religious texts, you know, whether it's uh, scripture from the Bible or the Bhagavad Gita or whatever it is. There's this aspect of going within, of being still, because we spend so much time in the outer world, just yeah. like so we get addicted to our to our senses, you know, that are examining what's going on outside instead of understanding that even all of that stuff is still being assimilated and played inside of our yep. inside of our minds. Because even though I'm looking at you right now, I'm not seeing you. I'm seeing a perception of what's played by uh, some glands in the back of my brain. Like I'm seeing you back here. Right. You know? And so That's a good point. really understanding that we create the world from the inside out and not the other way around. Yep. And the more that we can take authority, because that's the only thing that we really can govern in our life is our own minds and, and our and our bodies to a degree. And but it takes practice. And this is why it's called a practice, you know, to, to just sit, to be still. And for me, it's just like looking at what is the goal for you. It might be, you know, to have more peace. It might be have more sense of calm and patience. It might be to get more clear on my vision. It might be just to feel more connected. You know, so get clear on what that is, and there's different strategies for that and different practices. So it might be a, a seated practice where you're just, you know, sitting and focusing on your breathing, which can really help to manage your um, parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system to help to reduce stress and make you feel more calm. And then when you practice that and cultivate it, it starts to carry over into your life. Right. And I've talked to the top people in the world in the subject matter who've done the studies, who got people in the lab, who are looking at these numbers, and it's just across the board. Almost 100% of the time, when you simply have a meditation practice, you do create more peace throughout yep. the rest of the day. So that's one way. If you find that, you know, city, sitting and, you know, focusing on your breathing or, you know, visualization or whatever it is, just being still like that is just not you. That's okay. There are other things that you can do to create some of that. And there are moving meditations like Tai Chi and Qigong. And I've even cited some of the studies hmm. uh, in Sleep Smarter related to improving sleep by doing Qigong, for example, and seeing... Uh, higher levels of melatonin and things like that. And uh, even just the simple, this word today, which is going you're going to hear a lot more of it, is just mindfulness, yep. right? So even if you're not doing a seated practice, just being there and being present. So I do that. This has really been kind of the dominant meditation practice for me late recently, you know, having a, a, a new baby, which, you know, he's seven now, but <laughs> right. that was really a transition right. for me because before that I was like spending 30 minutes every morning meditating, yeah. you know, and it's tougher. Yeah. So we do more, but he meditates with us every yep. morning now, but it's just being present. So this is one of the things we miss out on because, especially because of our devices. Yep. Right. And so sitting, you know, just talking with my son, uh, even last night he was sitting next to me and I got my phone right there and I put the phone down and I really listen and I really listen to the sound of his voice. I look at his expressions in his face. I, you know, I pay attention to the words that he's saying and just marvel at the things that are coming out, you know, just like I had a part to play in this beautiful uh, creation in this right. moment. You know, it just brings so much joy and peace and a sense of everything is okay. Yeah. You know, simply having a mindfulness practice. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I do it too. My kids, it's funny because, you know, they got these Alexas in their rooms and 
I use Headspace. If I'm sure you've heard of that, and mm-hmm. you probably know Andy, but uh, it's just neat to see even them say, you know, uh, hey Alexa, play Headspace, you know, and then they're meditating. And it's just wow. you know, if we can start them early with that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I know for me is I'm a I'm an anxious, nervous, go-getting kind of guy, but I need to slow down and breathe and do that kind of stuff. So it's critically important for those people listening. If you're not doing it, I would highly recommend it. And to your point of listening, my 7th, 8th grade history teacher said you have two ears, one mouth, use them proportionately. You know, for me, that just obviously stuck with me since then, and it's true. we got we got to be better listeners. Um, there's a couple more questions here, but let's talk about fears. How many of the fears you put in your mind have actually blown up to the magnitude you put them in your mind to be. <laughs> and every guest does what you just did. They all laugh. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, it's very, very, very rare. Right. You know, we're talking like 1% of the time, yeah. you know. And, uh, th- you know, there's so many different acronyms for fear, you know. Yeah. But for me, it's just getting back. It's an inner guidance system. But it's can, it, be- it becomes hypersensitized because of our lifestyle today. Yeah. You know, it's really as simple as that. Because we're so there's so much FOMO, you know, it's fear of missing out. And Have you heard the new one, Jomo? Jomo, joy of missing out. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, my wife and I were just talking about that two days ago. Yeah, and it's it's a beautiful thing. I'm all about it, you right? Know? And but today there's this such a heightened state of you know you're not doing enough. Look at what they're doing. You like you get access before you know just we'll just say you know 100 years ago, right. 200 years ago, you might have some some kind of envy or feeling of like i need to be doing what my neighbors are doing you know you got a couple couple five ten neighbors right. or whatever now it's millions of people and it's just constant so it can pull you and, and and elicit more fear that you're not becoming who you need to become or whatever the case might be and so um but most times this fear is just self-manufactured yep. it's just not real right it's just not real in that statement you know there's nothing to fear but fear itself just having fear and and having that be an entity that's guiding your life is just really a terrible way yeah. to live. Yeah, it is. And it's not doing anything good for us for our sleep and for our just oh, all man. the the science and the stuff. It's that just you know not worth it. it. No, it's just not worth it. How do you define happiness? Hmm. Peace for me. Um, happiness is peace and and health. And gratitude, you know, just being aware that I'm aware. And um, even if things aren't perfect, which they never are, being able to, to, to embrace the good that does exist in our lives, I think that that's what happiness yep. is. I like it. Um, so on the days you don't want to do it, how do you battle through? So I'm sure not every day you want to get up and drink your water and you want to meditate. Oh, man, I wake up, I feel like a million bucks. Maybe you do, but I don't think so. <laughs> you what know, do you do? This, this is the thing about habits is that, you know, um, you do the habit until the habit becomes who you are in a right. sense, you know. Um, and so for me, honestly, there are hardly ever days that I feel like that. That's awesome. I just, it just well, is. Well, you're right, though. I mean, if you get the habit. But those days, you know, I'll tell you, this is a great example. Today, today, I'm sore. You know, my legs are incredibly sore. When your legs are not under you, it just yeah. makes, it slows you down. And so, and my wife, she can be a little bit opposite with me, you know, she's, <laughs> which tends to happen a lot in relationships. Right. And so she was trying to seduce me into not going out today, going to the gym. Yeah. And, you know, my son, he had an off day, like oh, I said yeah, today. Said that, yeah. But then there was a camp. 
I was like, why doesn't he go to the camp? And she was like, oh, you know, he could just stay home. And just like trying to get me to <laughs> right. stay in and not accomplish stuff today, you know, that I need to get done, which, you know, the truth be told, I could do it later. I could do it sure. tomorrow, you know. But for me, I just had to stand firm and understand, like, let's execute now. Yep. And then we can just be free, you know, right. like let, we could just do what we need to do now. We could be free a little bit later. So I think that I've cultivated this sense of delayed ratification. Yeah. And, you know, there's studies about that, even the kids with the marshmallow test, you yep. know, yep. and seeing how having that be a quality that you have creates more happiness and success. Yep. And it's not that I don't get to have the fun or the things that I want. I'm just going to execute first and find joy in that. I'm here with You're you, right. you know, find joy in that. And I'll get to have my downtime or my whatever it is in a little bit. But I think it also probably, I don't want to say ruins, but it, it definitely changes your afternoon, your Friday night, right? If you don't, like I'm a big water guy too, and I find if I don't get my water intake in the morning before I even get to the office, yeah. something's off. Yep. Right? Yep. And I'm sure that's the same way for you. So uh, quickly, talk to us about the book, uh, Sleep Smarter. Uh, you can find it obviously on Amazon, any kind of book place. But uh, tell us about the book. Sure. Um, I'm just so blown away by it and it, literally every day I give thanks and yeah. I'm just grateful that it was something that I got to be a part of and you know now it's like I think it's translating like 20 countries like I said it's nuts. and it's crazy because every day I see people posting you yeah. know these different languages and it is just blowing my mind and um, so it's 21 clinically proven strategies to improve your sleep quality and you don't have to do all 21 you can pick and choose the things but what I found to be the most effective for people is stacking conditions in their favor. And the stories that I've received, man, just like, you know, people struggling with, you know, um, just, you know, even recently sleep disorders, but, you know, decades. Right. Reading the book, employing the strategies and the stories that come in, just it, it just makes it all worth it. And um, there's also uh, a 21 day sleep makeover in the book as well. And so, yeah, people can pick it up. Barnes yeah. and Noble, Amazon, all that good stuff. Awesome. And, yeah, very grateful for it. Well, man, it's been great having you here. And uh, you. where can our listeners find more of uh, Sean Stevenson? Perfect. Yeah, so where they listen to this awesome podcast, they could find me. It's called The Model Health Show is uh, is my show, and it's my big passion project that I put a lot into. And also they can come to my home online is themodelhealthshow.com, and all my social media is there. Uh, they can find Sleep Smarter there as well. Videos of every episode, so you can hang out in the studio with me. And that's uh, so where you can find me. Awesome, man. Well, it's been great having you. Thank you for joining us on the Big 550 KTRS on the Circuit of Success. Again, I am your host, Brett Gilliland. You've been listening to Sean Stevenson. Man, I'm going to work on all that stuff. I got a ton of value from this today, and uh, I could go on for another hour, but I don't think anybody else wants to listen with me talking for another hour. So thanks for being with us. Join us next week on the Circuit of Success. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm. 